Hey, Jailbirds! Welcome back to Jailbird Chronicles. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany, and we're two forensic social workers getting chatty about criminal justice. Jailbird Chronicles. I constantly see things about criminal justice system, about judicial system, about different topics, even outside of criminal justice system. And I'm always wondering, like, I always wonder about the full story because one thing working in the criminal justice system has taught me is that there are many sides to the story that the media does not report to the public and also what I took kind of from the pandemic really is that media outlets like the news newspapers are just as much entertainment as any reality show 100% So I, you know, you see these stories and you get this one perspective and then you judge it on that perspective. But there has to be an understanding that the media is picking and choosing the narrative that they're giving us. Mm -hmm. So I came across an article that was published by Duke University and they said that different media outlets relay information based on whether their audience is liberal, conservative, or moderate. So as we know, um, you know, different media, mass media outlets cater to different people. Like Fox 5 seems, um, or Fox seems to be more geared toward conservative and Republicans, whereas CNN seems to report a little more liberally and caters a little bit more towards Democrats. Exactly. So the story, you could get the same story from different outlets, but like they're going to give you the narrative based on what they believe they're what they believe their um, viewers will be receptive to. Right. But I also think that the way that they relay the narrative and the parts of the story that they choose to share with the public is to be provocative because it's entertainment. It's all part of media. Right. It's to tell a story. Right. You're telling a story, you're telling it from one perspective, and it's the perspective that you think your audience wants to see or that you've seen your audience react to. And there was another article published by the University of Kansas, and I saw this quote in there um, that said, media can't tell you what to think but it can tell you what to think about. But that article from Duke University took that quote and said, media makes a significant contribution to what people think by affecting what they think about. Yeah. So, yeah, 
media can't tell you what to to think, but can tell you what to think about. They're giving you the narrative, but I agree with what Duke University said. By telling you what to think about, they are influencing how you think. Right. That's the whole point of it. Because they're giving you the narrative to think about. They're saying, here this is. Because if it was just about giving you something to think about, we wouldn't have to change a narrative. We wouldn't have to manipulate a story to, to sell it in a certain way. You would just be able to sit there and tell people the facts without the dramatics, without being provocative. But that's not entertaining. Not at all. So um, there was another article called How Mass Media Forms How Mass Media Forms Public Opinion. And they found that by covering some stories and not others, the media has the power to shape what people think or talk about. And mass media communicates the social desirability of certain ideas. So really picking up on what the audience wants, what side of the story the audience seems to respond to, and giving them the stories that will appeal to them. And it's kind of like a cycle, because it's like the media, the the public wants this, so we'll give them this story, and we're going to give them this story, and then they're going to start thinking about it in this way. And it's it's kind of just like a cycle between the media and the public. Yeah. And then the article went on to say news agenda shapes the public's view on what is newsworthy and important. Again, it's media. What's newsworthy? What is going to provoke people? What, how can we tell this story in a way that will get people excited, get people disgusted, get people riled up, make people happy. You know, how can we sell this story? They just want to evoke emotion. It doesn't matter what kind of emotion it is. Exactly, which is typical of what entertainment is. Because thinking back to college when I was forced into a theater acting class <laughs> um my teacher even said you just want to get an emotion out of the crowd if you can get an emotion out of the crowd a response then that's what that's what you want we need to really be clear on the fact that we're getting one side of the story and they're selling it to us in a way that's going to evoke emotion in us. They're not telling you just the flat facts. They're, they're giving you the parts that they want to. And even in like documentaries and stuff, you see how the media kind of manipulates their sources and will hold on to inform reporters will hold on to information and let it out slowly at the right times. It's all to keep people hooked, keep people interested, and keep people responding to their narrative. 
But if you watch two different things or read two different things, all of a sudden you have this massive thought that, oh, no, this is actually what happened. When meanwhile, the facts are just always skewed to exactly what that person is trying to prove. Yeah, I, you know, that's how the media can get the reaction out of the people. It's, it's, it's all entertainment and it's all to be provocative and it's all to get people, people excited, people interested, people hooked on the story so that they'll keep going back and watching about it. And there are times like it's really okay to watch a certain news outlet or read a certain newspaper and also maybe go over to a news outlet that wouldn't show the uh, the narrative that you normally like to see because maybe you could get some other information. Maybe you should do some of your own research and see what other information you can have access to as opposed to just taking things at face value as you see them on the television. Like, don't put the news at a higher standard than the rest of television programs just because it's the news. Yes, they're reporting on the facts, but they're only giving you the facts that they want you to have. Correct. And each news outlet usually has a specific, whether they say it or not, way that they lean. So like, as I think you stated before, Fox is very conservative. Mm -hmm. And somewhere like MSNBC is a lot more liberal. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, if I'm going to watch something that I want to not get angry at all the time, probably going to watch MSNBC. But if I want contradicting facts and maybe find my somewhere in the middle, then I should probably watch Fox News too. And you know, in saying that, I want to I want to comment on the fact that I feel like people look at it as such a negative thing to be somewhere in the middle and grab facts from both sides. And they label it as, oh, you're straddling the fence. You're wishy-washy. And honestly, when it comes to big things like criminal justice reform, I don't think it's I don't think it's safe or beneficial for someone to be on one side or the other because far right is just as dangerous. Well, far left is just as dangerous as far right. You shouldn't be far anything. You should be able to see both sides, even if you think something is complete nonsense on one side, you should be able to hear both sides to get a better perspective. And it's okay to be in the middle. I often find myself when discussing and forming opinions on what's going on in the criminal justice system, you might think that one thing I say about a particular topic, because you do have to see the criminal justice system as a whole. You have to see every system as a whole if you want to um, reform it. You have to look at all different perspectives. But when you really get into it, you have to start picking it apart piece by piece. And 
in picking it apart piece by piece with one piece of it, I might say something that you think is very conservative, but with another piece of it, I might say something that might be on the more liberal side. So I don't think that it's a bad thing to be on the fence because you need to have a balance. You you might go one way on one topic and then another way on the other one. Honestly, one of my favorite things right now about the mayor that we're getting is that he is, from what I've experienced to date, in the middle. And he's making reforms to me that make sense because he's in the middle. And it gives me some faith in the way our system is right now for both staff and patients alike. Extremes, going to extremes, I feel like is so dangerous and does not benefit the people that you're trying to serve and help. And even in the media, that article goes on to say, increasing scandal coverage results in young people holding a more negative, distrustful view of the government, which includes government agencies, than previous generations. So, again, being provocative, purposely giving you scandalous coverage and narratives to shape your, to shape your opinion of things, to shape your viewpoint, to shape your perspective. And that goes back to what they were saying. Like, they the in the media influencing what you're thinking about they are influencing what you are thinking yeah it's all about how to get you to react negative not negative it doesn't matter and they go on to say formation of public opinion is framing and they defined framing as the construction and presentation of a factor in or issue framed by a particular perspective and it sways the consumer's attitude. There you go. Swaying how people see things by controlling the narrative and knowing that people rely on you and trust you to give them the facts. And yes, you are giving them the facts, but you're also choosing what facts you're giving them. Exactly. Because withholding certain facts just actually does everything you say you're not doing. Right. And it's it's just really important to look at things objectively look at what is being presented to you and take that information and think about it yourself like sit down and think about it sometimes I get information from news sources and like in the moment I'm like yeah this and that and then I sit back and I'm like that doesn't make sense yeah Like, there has to be something missing here because that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that, especially when talking about what happens specifically on Rikers. I think that happens when talking about all all jails, really. I mean, I think I might have 
shared it with you. This happened a couple years ago. Um, there was a, well, there is a correctional facility in Virginia. Um, can't remember which one, but there was a correctional facility in Virginia a few years back. Um, a man was incarcerated. His girlfriend brought his young daughter who was definitely under the age of 10. I can't really remember how old she was, but she was very young. She she brought his young daughter to have a visit with her father. And while they were being searched, a one of the dogs smelled something on the girl and the officers proceeded to do a strip search. So my things are, the first thing I said, that's a terrible situation for a little girl to be in. I'm sure that was very scary for her. However, I don't know the full story. And I know I annoy so many people when they want my opinion on some things. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you because I don't know the full story. I do know that from working in a correctional facility, if you don't want your children to be subject to the rules of jail, do not bring your children to jail. And many people, I'm, I don't know if it was in this case, I don't know if they found anything on the little girl, but many people use their toddlers and their babies to smuggle drugs inside the jail. They'll hide it in their diapers. Yeah. They'll hide it anywhere that they can because they think that the dogs aren't going to pick up on it. Like if the dog picks up on something, the officers have to do their protocol to make sure that nothing's going to be getting smuggled into the jail where I can definitely say the officers were wrong is that the guy's girlfriend was not that little girl's legal guardian. So she was not supposed to be able to consent to the little girl getting a search, yep. but they allowed her to give consent. So that's where that shouldn't have happened because they should not have allowed that woman to give consent. She was not the legal guardian, which also has to make you think the adult consented to it. That adult could have said, you know what? She's not getting a strip search. And if that means that she can't see her dad, then I'm taking her out of here. We're not going into jail today. Yep. So you, you kind of have to see, and sometimes it's not favorable and you might not like what, I have to say, or it, you know, you don't like that. It sounds like I'm straddling the fence, but I have to, you know, I have to look at everything. I am going to look at everything. That's just, I, I want to see the full picture before I make a determination on what I think about it. I, I'll pick it apart piece by piece. Like I just did with that situation. I looked at different things and, um, I have an opinion on the way certain things were conducted, but that's kind of what you have to do. And it's okay to do that. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember there was one specific patient that comes to mind that he literally had some random girl. He wasn't even dating her. He had this girl bring a random baby that wasn't his in jail. (laughs) 
and put drugs in the baby's diaper and like really thought he wasn't gonna get caught and it was like bro really really named dogs are smelling drugs on someone they have to proceed with a a more thorough search Mm -hmm. that's that's the security of the jail to make sure that things aren't getting smuggled in and whether you're a visitor or an employee like me and Ashley, when you go into jail, you're subject to the rules of jail. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And that doesn't matter if you're a child visiting or an adult visiting or an adult working there or, not, or an adult incarcerated there. You go into jail. When, when we used to go in in the morning, sometimes they would have a dog there. If that dog sniffs something on you as an employee, regardless of what position you held, if that dog smelled something on you, you're getting searched. Oh, yeah. I've So that article goes on to say agenda setting by major media outlets dictate what is newsworthy and how and when it will be reported. Going back to what I said about reporters gaining information because the reporters have connections with law enforcement and government officials because they're out reporting stories all the time. They build those relationships and they get information, but they decide what they're going to tell you and when they're going to drop these little bombs. Like I was watching a documentary and a reporter who reported on it like all day, every day. This was the story was her life. Um, Are we talking about Nancy Grace? No, it's oh. not Nancy Grace. Another angry, provocative person. But uh, it was a different reporter, and she had a really good relationship with law enforcement. And she would get them to tell her information. Sometimes they would tell her, "Please withhold this information until so and so date." But sometimes she would hold on to stuff and she would be like, I'm going to wait until this happens to drop this. And she was getting exclusive information. So she dictated when she was going to let the public know the facts that she received and what facts she was going to let the public know about. So swaying people's decisions, deciding what's newsworthy, and when she's going to report what she feels is newsworthy. You know, not much has ever changed because like, obviously there has to be a way that these news outlets consistently also, by the way, always get things that happen within DOC. Flashings, all this stuff. There has to be a way. Obviously people have connections. Because of course, it gets out there faster than we find it out ourselves. People, most people are willing to talk to someone who will give them an ear. A lot of media that I've seen is more geared toward victimizing the incarcerated people as opposed to the full story of what's actually going on from both sides every time every single time and 
based on media's framing stories and setting their agendas, a particular opinion gets repeated through various news mediums and social networking sites until it creates a false vision where the perceived truth is actually very far from the actual truth. And I love that statement because it's like the news gets a story. The news decides on what narrative it's going to release to the public. The news then continues to repeat that over and over. So that's all we're hearing constantly over and over. I mean, there have been times when times when I was like, I'm not listening to the radio anymore. I I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. Like you're talking about the same thing over and over again and stuff just enough. And that narrative from one side starts to become, no, this is what's happening. This is what's happening in those jails. This is what's going on. This is how people are being treated. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the truth to where we then not we, because I don't forget, to where people (laughs) then forget, okay, let's take a step back. People should be treated as human beings. However, not everyone who is incarcerated is in there for a low-level offense, is in there and is completely innocent, And just got caught up in something or whatever it is. No one really picks apart the the story. There's always these generalizations about we need to release all the people from jail. Let's slow your roll. Back up a little bit. Um, Because that means that we have to we have to release the person who was involved in a terrorist group and was planning to kill a mass number of people means that we have to release the boys that um that brutally murdered junior on in the bronx a few years ago did it on that by the way huh they did it on camera so everyone actually saw it but how many it's it's okay to say, you know what, people with low level offenses, people with mental illness, people with whatever, you know, they don't they don't there should be an alternative for them. There should be some type of alternative for them than just throwing them in jail. But when you say all people, you're talking about all people in jail. Right. You're talking and then everyone. And then that becomes what everyone is hyped up about. And we're not, and then you're not looking at the real issues that are happening. You're, you're not looking at the danger in being so extreme because you've developed that this narrative is what the truth is when it's actually not the truth at all. It's been skewed. It's been misinterpreted. It's been viewed by different people with different agendas and opinions It's like that game telephone when the message starts with one person 
And by the time it gets to the last person, whatever they said has absolutely nothing to do with what the first person said. Correct. It is absolutely mind-boggling. Like, mind-boggling the way things get skewed between what actually happens and then what's been told through the media. And I remember um, I had an intern this year and I remember having to sit down with her and be like, okay, you're going to see so many things happen in the media and people are going to ask you so many questions and you're going to know that's not what happened. And it's going to anger you at times. But to a point, you're just going to have to take it because you can't for some reason ever tell and show these people, no matter how much you know, that they're wrong. And I'm glad you said that because I actually know someone who was speaking to an attorney, an attorney who works for um, American Civil Liberties Union in Boston. And he was, you know, on his uh, whole spiel about how everyone needs to be released and every all the incarcerated people on Rikers Island are being raped and and they're being murdered and this and that and it's like okay okay man from Boston how much time have you actually spent on Rikers Island how yep. much time have you spent actually seeing what goes on but people like that their voice gets so loud because they fall into alliance with the narrative that's being presented to them that our voices get drowned out and when um the person that i know who was speaking to that man was you know trying to tell him things that i've experienced while on Rikers Island um he was saying no that doesn't happen that never happens that doesn't happen well why are you trying to shut out someone's personal experience as being invalid when all you have to go on is an opinion that was that was wrapped up and hand delivered to you by a media network that wanted to give you a particular narrative. Right. Cause I don't think that you spent so much time on Rikers to be able to form your opinions and dismiss not my opinions, my experience, what I have witnessed, what I have been involved in. How can you dismiss that? From all the way where you are. Because all you have to go on is what the media is telling you. And what narrative satisfies your personal opinion. The article goes on to talk about social desirability. Which they define as the idea that people in general will form their opinions based on what they believe is popular opinion. Hmm. You ally yourself with the narrative that is gaining the most popularity and then you kind of like 
fall into that group of people and that group of people's voice gets louder and louder and starts reinforcing this narrative that was given to them by a one-sided news outlet and that's how it gains momentum that's how they have such a loud voice and that's why I just I just think that if you have the platform and you have the voice be responsible with it don't dismiss people's experiences in favor of your opinion don't don't just say okay that you know what I'm gonna take this at face value that's horrible I'm not gonna look at what the surrounding events were I'm just gonna take the information I was given and I'm gonna react on that stop reacting stop getting emotional about things it's one of the reasons why we started this podcast in the first place Because there were so many times that one of us would read an article or see something and I'd be like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Some events I was personally there for. (laughs) Like, I was there or they were my patients. That's not what happened. Right, because since us, since our opinion, since our experiences and the people like us who have the same experiences as us, our voice is not always in accordance with popular opinion. Our voice is drowned out. And people try to dismiss our experience as not being truthful. Because I've even posted something on my social media before and people were trying to tell me that I was wrong. And I said, How can you tell me that I'm wrong? I'm sharing my experience. What I actually sat there and had a conversation with someone about what I actually heard and what I saw, you're telling me that that's wrong because your opinion that you formed on God knows what is more valid than something that I I witnessed, not only I witnessed, but was involved in. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you're wrong. That's not exactly what happened as you watched it with your own two eyes. Right. And the media frames stories from a particular perspective in order to influence public opinion as well as government leaders. And both you and I know that Jails, Rikers Island, D.C. jail, jails everywhere. Because of how the narratives have been from the media and what the more popular opinion is based on these narratives, council members, congress members, mayors, people at all levels of government, start to form opinions without gaining a full perspective of the issues. And then they use their platform to advocate for things, which I feel is so 
irresponsible. It's such an irresponsible use of your platform because you have the voice. And when you have the voice, you need to make sure that you're giving all the facts, that you're getting information from all sides. You're not just taking little bits and pieces from what you heard or what you maybe saw one time on a tour. You're you're really looking at everything as a whole. And there was there was someone running for governor in Virginia and he was running Democratic. And something that he said in his campaign was that as governor, I'm not a Republican govern- governor and I'm not a Democratic governor. I'm the governor of everyone in Virginia. And I think that having a stance like that is very important because when you come into these roles and these offices and positions where you have this voice and people are listening to you and they want to follow you and they want to know what you have to say, you have to be responsible enough to say, listen, even though I came in under Democratic, I'm here to represent everyone in this area. That means people who maybe have a different opinion too. So you have to look at both sides. You have to look at different sides of every single argument, of every single issue in order to properly lead and represent the people that you were put in place to represent. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with having balance. I don't have think that in cases like this, I don't think that there's anything wrong with quote unquote play, um, straddling the fence. Tune in next week when we'll continue this conversation about media narratives. That's it for us today. Follow us on Instagram at Jailbird Chronicles. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. Join us next week on Jailbird Chronicles. Lights out, Jailbirds. Beep, beep.